everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapping with Reef Bum. I'm your host, Keith Perkelhammer. So today, my guest is Ty Top. Hey, Ty, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Keith? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. So, for those of you that do not know Ty, he has been an avid reefer since 2004. He spends his days collecting and propagating the choicest acros and is a huge <laughs> advocate of aquaculture corals. His education in ocean and coastal resources at Texas A&M University at Galveston prepared him for the task of running a coral propagation Ooh. business and helped him move forward with the creation of FarmerTieFrags.com, his website for selling pieces of his immense, I didn't write this, Ty wrote this, so this is awesome. His immense collection of corals with a large emphasis. I like the verb on, I I'm, I'm trying to emphasize, you know, you know, I'm trying to give it a little, uh, little, little emphasis on some of these uh, words here. So uh, Ty is a scientist, a real estate agent, daddy daycare, and a self-proclaimed coral slinger. But before coral we start uh, chatting with Ty about slinging coral, I want to thank the show's sponsors, Bulk Reef Supply and Ecotech Marine. I really appreciate their support, and I also appreciate you folks that are tuning in. I see there's a lot of familiar faces out there, and I thank you for joining us. As per usual, please feel free to leave comments and questions in the chat. We have a, uh, a lot of stuff to cover here with, uh, with Ty. One last piece of housekeeping. For those of you that do not know, all episodes of Wrapping with Reef Bum are now available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. So catch replays on those platforms if you want to uh, hear the audio portion. So, all right, well, we got a lot of folks coming into the uh, the live stream, and all right. I see uh, we've already got some questions there for you, Ty. But uh, let's let's uh, let's start off with a nice, uh, easy question there for you. All right, how the hell Thank how you. the hell did you get started on all this reef keeping stuff here? Uh, you know, good question because you know a lot of people jump into freshwater or something first, and then you know get their toes wet, uh, literally. And uh, for me, I was like immediately just went to to salt water and, and really it's funny because i actually studied marine biology first at a&m galveston ended up switching over to the ocean and coastal resources degree which is more like environmental science and um what's really funny is i graduated and moved to california didn't think anything of it from there got an environmental job and out of nowhere one one christmas my brother comes up and visits me in in california and he's carrying this giant box I'm like, what you got there? And he's like, it's your Christmas present. I'm like, right on. So we get out and open up the box and we get back to the apartment. And it's a nano cube. Oh, it's wow. 12-gallon nano cube. How, I'm like, how long ago was this? This was two. This was 2004. Wow, this is, okay. This is, he, was, he was the origin story right there. When he brought that thing from, from Texas, and he had to buy it in Texas and bring it up to California, surprise me mm. and give me this present. And I was like, well, cool, you know, so, you know, banking off the knowledge I knew, I'm like, oh, this should be easy. And I'm going out there and I'm like getting salt and rock and all that stuff, put a little mushroom coral in there. But first week I put that thing in there, dead. Yes. <laughs> so, so there's certain things I'm like, oh, the nitrate cycle and the ammonia and all that. So I was oh, like, yeah. oh, okay. right. Yeah. All that stuff we learned and never applied. And so that's what started it off. So I kept that nano cube for the better part of. Oh, geez, my entire time in California, which is three years, then moved to Austin and kept that for another, oh, I don't know, probably four years on top of that. So wow. 
kept this thing for seven years in this nano cube. And it was hilarious because, I mean, you know, finite small volumes, <clears throat> changes can happen rapidly. Yeah. So, you know, yep. temperature changes, alkalinity changes, whatever. Everything is just, ex you know, accelerated because of the small volume. So I, to the T, every two weeks, it was exactly 15% water change. And if I missed one, boom, cyan, boom, something else. Yeah. Something always popped up. So that's where I guess it, it was like my my practice tank where it it kept me on the button on like this is how you maintain it and you have certain criteria and certain rules you had to stick by to make it stay that way and so that kind of blew up to everything else but that that's the origin story right there's that how, nano key how um so how did you learn i mean how did you learn what to do and what not to do were you uh, did you have any uh, mentors or were you just checking yeah. out forums and stuff like that I think I spent a lot of time on, what was that, nanoreef.com back in the day. And uh, so forums was kind of a big thing for me. Um, in Austin, at the time, I wasn't involved in the local community here for reefing. So uh, I didn't even find them out until probably three or four years in Austin. But um, uh, since then, they've been a great resource. Uh, but just, you know, like everybody else, probably jump online, do a little reading. Uh, more so after the fact, like, oh my gosh, what is this I introduced? Or what's this purple algae on the ground? And you type it in and you're like, oh, geez. You know, so kind of learning on, basically on the job training in, in a sense is the best way I can put it. You know, you just kind of learn by doing. Exactly. So learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. We so, all we yeah. all learn from mistakes. So you got you, right. you got you got some of your peeps in here, uh, Ty. I see Peter Den's in here. Oh, yeah, um, Peter. Who else we uh James Sparkman, what's up, Ty? Oh, what's up, James? Um, Mark Fullenweider, a a Ty Coral Eye oh. Candy Machine. So, uh, <laughs> but um, all right, man. Get so all my buddies coming in. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know, we got uh, we got some nice uh, adult beverages right oh, here, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I think we're uh, we're up for a nice uh, little conversation here, Ty. So, um, uh, David Waters, thanks, man. Join the show. And um, hey. Ryan Reeves, happy Thursday, guys. Good to see you, Ty. Are you still on the? Oh, Ryan. Are you still on the new? On, are you, he's asking, are you still on the no water changes philosophy? Oh no! Hey, oh, so I need to update everybody on that. So, so as, as things go and years go and and methodologies go, I was a big. And I, I, we haven't even chatted about this, Keith, but I was a big no water change guy. Oh, you were. Were you doing like uh, Triton <laughs> or something? No, actually, this is before Triton, this is before everything. You just got so lazy? Is, like, is that what was going on? Yeah, kind of a little <laughs> bit of that. <laughs> Probably. Those are kind of my going out years. So uh, so I spent a lot of time going out more than I did taking care of my tank. But um, um, I would say that it was, a, it was a large volume system. It was a 215 gallons. Um, so, you know, again, less stressors, less rapid changes. Yeah. The, the, the volume is just help alone. And so in that system, I just kind of monitored things. And this is before ICP testing or anything. So I could monitor the things that I could, basically. And so, you know, a little iodine testing, a little potassium testing, uh, besides your standard foundation elements of calcium, alkalinity, and magnesium, nitrates, and phosphate. So I, I just kept an eye on those things and, and, and adjusted as I went. And, and, you know, two months between water changes turned into four months, turned into six mm. months. And and this isn't just a softy tank. It was like an acropora tank. Yeah. So I was like, hey, maybe there's something to this. Um, and so I did no water change on that system. I should say systematic water change. So I didn't do any 
you know, hey, I should change 15%. Right. I did. Um, so I did that for three years wow. on that system. Uh, the only times, you know, skimmer, of course. Um, anytime I'm bagging up frags for people or whatever else like that. I had to treat the tank once. I had to do a little water change after that. But as far as systematic periodic water changes, nothing for three years. Interesting. And uh, did the same thing when I moved here uh, and set up the tank. I did that for the better part of a year or two, actually, before I started. Well, you know, let me look into this. You know, let's 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 do some. There's a benefit, <clears throat> pros and cons to it to me. A lot more labor intensive, salt mixing, pumping, water changes, buckets, yada, yada. And uh, but the thing was, I was like, you know, I'm starting to collect so much in volume of corals and so much in I hate to think of it that way, but uh, cost, like just actual like amount of money in corals yeah. that I'm like, hey, maybe I should look in there's no water change a little bit more <laughs> because if something is starting to build up, there's no way to dilute it, yeah. you know, yeah. like. If there's a rusty magnet, someone doing water changes would have a little more time because it's being diluted every water change. Me, three years of that, who knows? You know. Right. And so I started systematically, to answer Ryan's question, I systematically switched to do water changes every two weeks now. Yeah. And I will say the biggest change that I noticed when I did it, and I'll credit my buddy Bubba Q. He's a... He's one of my best coral online buddies that we chat all the time about. But he had mentioned, you know, he had got me on the idea of trying to do this. So I started doing that. And I will say my tenuous, all the other corals seem pretty much the same, but my tenuous spruced up a little bit. So there's something in that water change, some trace element I still haven't identified. But it helped the tenuous look a lot better, more colorful, and just more polypy, more vibrant overall. Were you uh, and so now I've stuck with it. Were, were you doing? Uh, were you adding traces when you were doing no water changes? No, I actually really? wasn't. That was the other question. Wow. I was doing nothing. Wow. So literally, magnesium. You know, cal now I was running a calcium reactor. So in the media alone, I was getting more than just your basic foundation elements. So you know, I was getting some potassium, um, magnesiums inside of that media, and whatever else. Maybe some iodine. I'm not really sure, but um, oh, strontium's in it too. So there's that breakdown of the actual media versus like two part, where two part is just straight, you know, um, alk or calcium. So I think the calcium reactor was the big difference for me, <clears throat> excuse me, to be able to do that. I don't think I could have accomplished the same thing doing two part. Right. If that makes sense. What, what, what were your uh, nitrates and phosphates? I mean, were, were those pretty much, were you using the, um, and, and, and folks, we, we had, <clears throat> Ty was awesome. He, um, he put together this video of his uh, current tank, current tanks and, and two systems. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to roll that in a couple of minutes. But um, I know from watching that video before the show that you uh, use a refugium. Were you using a refugium at the time? Well, no, yeah. and that's the that's the other thing. I was I was heavy because at the time carbon dosing was kind of a big thing. Oh, okay, and so like people were vodka dosing. Is that what you're doing? And I started off with what's that? Excuse me, it caught me in the middle of a sip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking um, Heady Topper, yeah. by the way. This stuff is like liquid gold. I'm not. They're not a sponsor or anything, but uh, you know, if you, if you're into IPAs, this is a yeah. uh, a Vermont beer that uh, is a double IPA, and let me tell you, it is. Uh, Pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> um, all right. I completely forgot what you asked me. Oh, oh so, so, um, so I, I, I thought you were saying something. I was just going to finish up with, uh, up for the nutrients. So I was oh, doing yeah. carbon yeah, dosing. Yeah. So it was vodka originally. 
And then after I got tired of squeezing that in every day, I switched to bio pellets. And I basically ran bio, bio pellets the whole time for the three years. Gotcha. Um, and so that's, that, that was the basis of my water chain system was GFO for phosphates, bio pellets for nitrates. Yeah. And that's how I controlled my nutrient gotcha. levels. And then everything else fell in line with the you know two-part dosing to correct any alk, calcium, magnesium. Stuff. Yep. All right, man. Let's... Um... Let's let's run this. Let's roll the tape here of this video right. that you uh, put together. It's very well. I was like, don't be too critical. Very I, I well, put it together very like well produced. Last night. No, I love it. All right, so let's uh, let's roll this thing here. I think it's like what two and a half minutes long or something like that. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't too long. All right, here we go. Hi there. I uh, just wanted to start with the display um, since it's the backbone of the system. Obviously, uh, you can tell I'm a big fan of angels. Uh, there's my regal one of my favorites and also bandit and majestic and somewhere in there's a japanese mass oh there it is uh swallowtail um the pyramid butterflies i like the white on them kind of gives it a different look in the tank but uh they do they all do well with the acros just a little nipping here and there but nothing uh destructive uh unlike my emperor that used to chomp jaw dropper frags and then they're dither fish for uh, uh, extra movement, like the bimaculatus uh, antheas and the uh, blue-eyed um, uh, cardinals. Uh, seem to add a nice movement to the tank as well. well. Here's the fish room. So here's my four tanks as I consider my backup QT tanks. Um, everything I bring in goes through this system and is totally separate, run by an Alcatronic and also an Apex. Um, and here you can see some of the bigger colonies got moved over here just to give me a little more space sometimes But this is totally independent and separate from my main display and it's four low boy tanks with Radeon lights and T5 hybrid uh, And these are the two frag tanks connected to my display uh, Again, I keep some of my uh, More expensive colonies in those and uh, that's the back display Here's my sump underneath my display. Pretty standard stuff. Refugium, giant skimmer, extra rock, and filter socks. Uh, frag tank number one, this is connected to my display. Kind of keeps more of my high-end stuff in this tank. And frag tank number two, connected to my display as well. This is where I keep some of the frags that I move on my website, as well as other colonies. Frag tank number three, this is in the backup QT system. Uh, just where I store some extra colonies and backups. Frag tank number four, again, just more colonies. Uh, a couple of pieces I've brought in, uh, Indo and Malaysian. Uh, here's where I keep the torches and extra frags. And you can see there's a whole lot of extra frags. And then this is the final tank, softies, um, mushrooms. <laughs> that should be the, <laughs> the wrap up right there. And we're back. All Dude, right. that was very well produced. That that music, oh, that thanks. music was just so like soothing, uh, you know, <laughs> gorgeous. I had a selection of twelve audio samples to run that were royalty free, and that's the one I went with, Keith. So, <laughs> all right, good. So I'm not going to be getting a slap from uh, YouTube in terms of a copyright. <laughs> no sir, no right. sir. Yeah, all right, cool. So, um, man, where do we begin? That um, beautiful display. In, in terms of the fish Thank in you. that uh, that tank. Angel, so you talked about nipping and all that stuff. I, um, you know, I have like some similar tastes in terms of fish. You know, I, I have the uh, the pyramid butterfly fish. I've got a regal angel oh, yeah. fish, um, yeah. but I'm not as brave as you in terms of some of those other angels. The, I mean, the uh, the banded angel fish. That thing is gorgeous. Um, yeah. what, and that 
there's a funny story to that bandit. Uh, there was actually someone that used to be like a fish website guy in Austin. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Importer. Right. And, and he, he's he's gotten out of the business, but he brought in a little bandit for himself. And I went over there and I'm like, <laughs> you ever get rid of that thing? Let me know. You got dibs on and it. So we ended up, we lost touch a little bit. Two years later, it goes to somebody else. Oh, no. And he shut down his system and it went to somebody else. I was like, ah, the bandit. <laughs> but I knew that other guy and he's a good friend too. And I said the same thing when I went over his system. I'm like, you ever get rid of that bandit? I asked the first guy, but you know, we lost touch. But you, I know you and I won't lose touch. If you ever get rid of that, let me know. So four years later, that thing ended up in my tank. Ah, cool. That is sweet. Like, yes. Yeah, no. But so he, go ahead. He's been, he's been awesome. He's been awesome. He, he lives up, you know, he, he, he nips here and there, but then he stopped. And I think a lot of people, when they ask me about angels, and I'm not sure if you see the same thing, but over the years, because I've had these guys four years plus, I think they just realized, hey, I'm not getting anything from this. <laughs> and, and, and the picking of the pots, and so they just stopped. So I rarely see them ever pick anymore. So did, um, did you have those angel fish in when you had frags in the tank, or were they pretty much like put in when, with mature colonies? Oh, so they, yeah, because in the display itself, I don't really keep any frags since I have all these frag tanks to dump them in. So they've been mostly without frags, yeah. even new additions or, you know, I'll grow it out to a certain size before it gets in there. So that, that might be a that might be a good point right there is that they never attack anything because I don't give them anything the size that they want to attack. So Yeah, I mean, um, I don't I don't take too many risks with the with angelfish. I have the um, I love Japanese uh, mass swallowtail angelfish. So yeah. I've had those in, in yeah. prior tanks and I have one in my um, 187 gallon display. And, um, yeah. you know, so th- those types of angelfish, I forget the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the genus that uh, they're in, but those, oh, those yeah, types yeah. are fine. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, for my peninsula tank, it's all frags right now. And I put in the, the regal angelfish and I was a little nervous about that because oh, yeah. you know, I was yeah. just kind of a little worried that it was going to, you know, pick. And I think a large colony can certainly withstand a little picking, but if you have some yeah. small frags that are constantly getting nipped, then, uh, I don't know. So um, yeah, I put I put that um, that uh, regal in, and it was fine for uh, several yeah. weeks. And then like for like a couple of days, I was look, looking at him, and oh, it was no. like freaking picking at like every. Oh no, he turned on you. He kind of like turned <laughs> on me, and uh, but oh, I started feeding him more. I started yeah. feeding the tank more, and that just kind of like yeah. turned him around. And and um, but yeah. he's also constantly. Did that do it? Yeah, he's also picking a lot at the rocks. So I I, I like your. Th- well, that's what I noticed. Yeah, I like your uh, your theory too. Uh, let's see what we got. Comment oh, was um, Michael Howard GBR South from reef to reef here. Tie your systems looking really grown out now. Exclamation point! Beautiful exclamation point. Oh, awesome! He's the one that razzes me the most on reef to reef. I feel. Oh yeah, <laughs> gives you a hard time. Every time he jumps on there, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna give Ty some shit here." In fun, in jest. Um, it's always hilarious, his comments. So that's interesting. You, um, So you pretty much don't put any frags on that display tank. I mean, that display tank looked awesome. And so you're you're yeah. growing out your um, your acros in your frag tanks, and when you've got a colony, that's when you'll put it in the display tank. Yeah. Interesting. And, and that's a funny that, – that's a good question, to be honest. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to – I'm not going to lie to the SPS community here, but since I got in these frag tanks – I've hardly looked at that display. <laughs> and so um, it's a shame, but it, it's so much fun. To, the frag tanks are so interactive. You're just constantly looking down into them and messing with things and moving things. And uh, I, I find 90% of my times with the frag tanks. So honestly, 
Huh. When things go into display is when they kind of outgrow it for me in the frag tank. I'm like, okay, this colony is getting too ridiculous to be in a frag tank wow. anymore. And they'll pull and they'll go to the display. And 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 so I, I know I have the little backdrop on me, but there's a there's a tub in my fish room with me right now that's loaded with probably like a 200, uh, 150 pounds of rock. And that was my goal is to give my my display a nice little facelift because I feel so bad I've ignored it for so long. But um, um, I think Man. even up to like two months ago, there was a yellow scroll coral that I'd fragged a piece off and the whole chunk is about this big fell off to the side and it sat there for probably it's embarrassing to admit but it probably sat there for like four to five months just on its side because <laughs> i was like i didn't want to reach down to 28 inches to try to grab that thing and flip it back out again. well so. i'll tell you that's that's interesting that you say that because you know one yeah. of my philosophies is um you know keep the hands out of the tank and and uh, <laughs> a lot of the times you know if if there's something that um i mean obviously that was an extreme case where you had that coral like tipping way over and needed to be um, repositioned <laughs> right. you know but right. But even like, you know, I, I always say to folks, like, keep your hands out of your tank and um, don't go crazy in terms of like trying to position things or, you know, this thing's not in a great spot. It should be in a better right. spot or this frag's not looking great. Maybe I should pull it and put something else in there. If yeah. you give it time, then, you know, eventually things nature. will let nature do its thing. Yeah. 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 Let nature it do its a, thing. There was a funny, I had a good friend here, Rory, and his wife had come over. And she, you know, we're, she's listening to us going back and forth, you know, you know how it is with spouses and, and reef guys when they start talking or, or, or reef people, I should say. And uh, she was like hearing us gripe a little bit. It's like, well, this happened. I moved this and I moved that. And this, and it's like, what? And out of nowhere, she, out of the blue, she's like, well, you guys just stop playing God with your tanks yeah. and just let them be. They'd be all right. And we're like, she's got a point. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably got a point. But uh, so it's funny. That's what you just made me think of that right there. So well, just I tell you, you, t you touch a coral, you touch a frag that's like trying to get get going in a tank and you're resetting right. it by weeks, you know, and, right. and in my peninsula tank, I had this um, biofilm on it and, and some red turf yeah. algae and all that stuff. And I was I yeah. planted a whole bunch of frags back in June and July yeah. and, you know, with super glue and, and epoxy. You know, double barreled effort there in terms of just trying to like make it make sure, you know, those uh, frags stuck. Yeah. But um, probably at least half of those fell off because you know, yeah. they, they didn't have that good bond to the rock. And um, the fact that I had to go in there like every day practically to put frags back on <laughs> and mount it, I was like, damn, yeah. man, this is like, this is not good because I'm just really resetting the whole process and I'm sticking right. my freaking hands in so many more times when I wanted to and it was just yeah. not, uh, yeah. it was not a good feeling. Just moving things. I mean, even just a slight adjustment from here to there is different par, different lighting, different flow. I mean, but, you basically changed their whole world, you know? But so. I would have to say, if you're going to be a lazy reefer, be a lazy reefer with that display tank in terms of corals <laughs> and moving stuff around and placing. Just leave stuff alone. It'll work itself out. I mean, that's what I always right. say. I'll take your advice on that, Keith. Yeah. Just leave it alone. Leave well, it, it seems alone, like you're, you're already, you know, you're 90% of your time with the frag tanks. It's amazing to it me. Is. I mean, I, um, I, I, I'm like the opposite. I'm like, you know, always, uh, you know. Oh, is it in your display? Yeah. 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 So, um... I forgot to ask you, how did you come up with the name Farmer Ty? Oh, you know, that, so when I joined the local club here, Austin Reef Club, and at the time I was a, I had a Jeep for 11 years of my life. I drove a Wrangler for 11 years, right? And so, you know, you know, anybody you throw on your screen name together, you're like, oh, the Jeeper and Ty, I'll be Jeeper Ty. And so I was like, Jeeper Ty for forever. <laughs> Jeeper Ty? And then I ended up selling it. 
and I didn't have a Jeep anymore. I had a Rav Four, and I was like, "Well, Rav Four tie doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it." <laughs> so I threw it out there, and I was like, "Hey guys, I need a new name. Help me out, you know." And and they just all these local buddies started slinging these names out, and because I was like at the point, you know, I wasn't fully into the propagation and growing and everything. They just Eventually, colonies got big enough, and I started to have, I need to sell some frags out. It was getting too big. And so I was constantly cutting things. So I constantly had frags, and they're like, oh, you're like a farm, like a coral farmer. So I was like, hey, farmer tie. And so that literally stuck from there, which I do. And I understand the irony behind it. I'm not blind to it because, like, when, when someone sees the name farmer tie in Texas, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're not picturing me. <laughs> but, You're not the, but, uh, uh, the prototypical uh, farmer in Texas. Uh, exactly. Even, uh... So, so I'm sure there's probably some shock every once in a while when people see Farmer Ty and they see my face. They're like, that, yeah, you're not the guy I, I imagine living in Texas. So, so here's a comment. Here's a comment from yeah. a viewer. And I'm going to have to say, this is probably one of the more original screen names I've ever seen on YouTube. I, uh, mm. RJ Boom Boom Washington. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's down in San Antonio. All right. Yep. Uh, we need to see Ty in some suspenders and a straw hat. Oh, <laughs> that sounds like an RJ statement right there. You might get it one day, buddy. If I lose a bet with you, you might get it one day. <laughs> so um, let's uh, let's talk about in terms of, you know, biological filtration right now. Yeah. So okay. um, I thought I saw sand in the uh, display tank. Was that sand? Yeah. I, OK. And, and I'm assuming yeah. your frag tanks are all bare bottom. Yes, they are. Yeah, they're all just tiled set up on that. Display's got about, eh, probably about four inches of sand. So I'm in that in-between zone of not being a deep sand bed and not being shallow. So I'm like in that zone where people don't probably don't want to be, you know. You either want a deep sand bed or you want something that's a little more shallow, shallow. Um, do you? Um... Uh, but it's it's worked well. I, I don't siphon it. I don't do anything with it. Um, just kind of let it work itself out. Um Mainly, I mitigate a lot of the nutrient issues that have come from it by being more aggressive on nutrient removal. So I know it, it could probably produce a lot of phosphate or nitrates from all that. Uh, and I try to be a little bit more aggressive, you know, double size skimmer and running the Kato a little bit longer. I'm, I'm, I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, with SPS, I feel like I'm a, I'm a parameter manager. Yeah. Like I'm not a reef keeper. Yeah, I just manage parameters, so I'm like, okay, let's keep that outbreak there, and oh, oh, oh phosphates are, oh, yeah. oh, nitrates, okay, and it's just kind of you play that line, and so that's what I do. I just anticipate because that's, that's when people ask, is like, well, how should I set up my system and this and that time? I'm like, listen to your system. If your system is telling you you got 50 nitrates, then do something about it. Yeah, and if your phosphates are like bottoming out, then do something about it. Feed your tank a little bit more, you know, um, be a little less aggressive with skimming or whatever it may be you use. So. What, what's your, um, um, what, what's your butter zone in terms of, uh, nitrates and phosphates? What, uh, what levels you do know, you like to uh, keep them at? I think, I think we all did that same roller coaster ride. I'm going to speak for everybody, but we all did that. Oh my gosh, nitrates, nutrients. No. And we all slammed it down to zero and technology was so awesome at the time and advancing in the hobby that we could do it. And so everybody was like creeping at like one ppm nitrates and 0 0.01 phosphates and 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 we all got really pale corals or at least for acros we got really pale acros yep. and so i think as we're learning more as a community and people are sharing this that i think at least for me 15 20 nitrates is where i like hmm. to hang around interesting and phosphates i'm not as i'm not as tied up about it lately you know before i used to keep it at regimented 0 0.03 Boom, 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 all the time. And as long as it stays before under 0.1, I'm okay with that. So uh, I haven't noticed any issues with it or anything else like that. I know every system is different. I've 
there's some people that have above 0.2, 0.3 yeah. phosphates with SPS and their their cores are beautiful. Yeah. That's not my system. If I get above 0.18, I see it. And I think that, and you might understand that too, Keith, with, when you have so much colonies, when you have so many different varieties of acros, you always assume as a reef keeper, they like all the same thing. Yeah. And they don't. No. Some of them do like a little more nutrients. Some of them do like a little less nutrients. So at any point, I found the middle area that basically doesn't piss off any corals. <laughs> <laughs> if I keep it at 20 nitrates and I keep it under 0.1, it doesn't take anybody off. Yeah. If I get above 0.18, well, the guys with tenuous are like, oh, above 0.18, my tenuous are glorious. I'm like, well, that's great for you, but my deep water just died over here, you know, yeah. whatever it may be, you know? Yeah. And so I have so much variety, I have to keep this, like, midline to keep everybody happy, so. Yeah, no, I mean, um, like you said, every every system is different, every tank is different, and um, it's just a matter of kind of, like, finding that happy zone and trying to keep uh, the majority of the corals, um, you know, thriving. So, um right. Right. Insane Reaver, thanks for the reminder. Everybody out there, please hit that like button. We got, uh, Ty, we're coming up on 70 concurrent viewers here, so we want more. Yeah, we want, keep it going, We, keep we it want coming. more, so the more... Hope everyone's sitting there eating their dinner and, and watching Yeah, this. the more people that hit... <laughs> having a beer. more people that hit that like button, the more people that will find this uh, live stream and more will come in and watch. So, yeah, thanks for that <laughs> reminder, Insane Reaver. Um... Insane Reaper, tell me about it. I'm currently upping my phosphate because they are running at zero. My phosphates are um, pretty much close to zero on both the systems, too. I just started doing... Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Well, I I, uh, I had been running an algae reactor in one system and a, uh, and yeah. a, uh, a refugium with Cato in the other. But, okay. but then I started doing um, bacteria dosing. So I've, I've, been calling this my, oh. I've been calling this my experiment. I've been doing it since July. And, yeah. and, um, you know, some I'm curious about it actually. Yeah, yeah. I've been dosing the, um, Brightwell's clean and the, uh, and, and okay. then back, uh, four, four or five weeks ago, I started dosing, uh, the MB seven and, okay. uh, yeah. So my nitrates in one system are about two and a half and the other system, they're about five. I took the Cato offline oh, yeah. and my phosphates yeah. are pretty much like bottomed out, but my corals are looking great. So uh, you know, it's 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 tough in terms of measuring phosphates with the phosphate test kits. There's just so it's it, you know, I mean, you you got to get so precise and how accurate are these uh, hobby grade test kits? I don't know. Right. I don't know. But like we're dealing with part per billion. I mean, that's the people. That's the thing that I, right. It's hard to have people realize. You're like parts per billion, guys. Like billion. Like tiny, 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 tiny numbers. <laughs> so right. You know. So it's um it's tough. But I know that I have phosphates because I've got a little cyan right. in one tank. I see some algae in right. another tank, and there's a little bryopsis right. in one frag tank and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you know my corals are pale and I'm I'm getting RTN and all that sort of thing. So it's like yeah. you got to just visually look at at your stuff right. and not totally lean right. on the numbers and get crazy with the uh with the numbers what do you uh and i think that's that's what they experience like keith i mean you've been doing reefs forever way more than even me and 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 you know you you can see these visual signs just like i see probably you know like we're both staring at it and we're like wait a minute and without any test kit or anything you're like i better check my phosphates you know or i better check my you know nitrates that's looking a little pale there so um and i think that's with new reefers that's the thing that you, you don't get you don't understand you don't see that and so we catch it before it gets to that break point when things start dying right and that's the difference between seasoned and not and it, it's just really we've made more mistakes and we visually can see those mistakes before they happen it's like oh i've seen this before and and, and so you know um but yeah it's it's interesting because i always wanted to like 
always thought it'd be cool if someone did like a little diagram of like, okay, what are your phosphates test at? Zero? Do you have algae? Yes? Okay, that means your real number is not zero. zero. Right. And then, so, you know, it's just kind of this little diagram to follow like a logic diagram and just like boom, 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 and kind of help new reefers follow that along. Maybe, maybe in my retirement or something when I got a little more time. <laughs> well, the other thing, do something like the other thing that's going on is like you have a lot of corals. I have a lot of corals. The corals are sucking up a lot of nitrates and phosphates. You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, so yeah. that's that's a part I of. I remember it. Adam. Adam of Battle Corals is the one I mentioned. Yes, I brought it up in a topic somewhere. And I'm like, I never really thought about that because they are consumers of the nutrients too, as well. Yeah. So. Now I see some folks oh. in the chat talking about dosing phosphates. I'm I'm dosing on my new tank. You know, my new, yeah. my, my tank that just turned one, one year old, I'm dosing like over 20 mLs of phosphate per day you know, oh, on that geez. tank. And, yeah. and, um, yeah. you know, I don't have any algae in there. I mean, you know, there are little signs yeah. here and there or something like that, but, um, yeah. you know, everything is doing, is doing pretty darn it's well, wild. but it's, it's the, uh, the bacteria that I'm dosing. So, yeah. uh, it's interesting. I mean, do you, uh, do you find that Cato can be uh, problematic in terms of crashing every now and then, or do you not have that I problem? I haven't had that problem, but I've had, it's just so, like, from a guy coming from reactors, bio pellets, GFO, it's just, it's so messy, dirty to me. You know, like, yeah, it is. Uh, light spill is growing algae in other parts of the sump. Uh, it clogs up the little grates in the, yes. you know, in the sump. Uh, and I'm constantly, like, every week, a week and a half, I'm, like, pulling, pulling and pulling, and it's just a messy endeavor in itself. But, um and I'll give credit to this because I'm sure Bubba Q is probably listening, my buddy. But uh, it, he's the one who got me started on the Cato because I've always been a GFO reactor type guy. And he's like, well, try the Cato out. I'm like, well, it is more of a natural alternative. So I tried it out. And he's like, oh, you're running the Bubba method now. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you better credit me. And I was like, All right, I'll throw, I'll shout your name out while we're talking about it. But uh, I, I will say, like, it's been nice to be able to ramp up and down just by changing the light yeah. cycle. So you know, yeah. whenever I need nitrates are rampant and crank up the light and just cook it back down basically and remove and take it out of the system uh with the kato so um but yeah this is new i would say in the last year i haven't really done kato up before this so this is a new endeavor for me but it's working out well it's, it's keeping my numbers pretty much flatlined the way i want it well that's uh, hovering about the same that's what matters you know i mean that's that's the yeah. whole key and if you're not like having uh issues with the kato crashing and stuff are you dosing anything yeah. to keep like any iron to keep the kato going no iron, but I am I am giving it some nitrates, and which is weird because this is the same tank with all the fish that I used to have 50 ppm of nitrates, and I couldn't pull it down for nothing until I did the bio pellets. Uh, but just nowadays, you know, the chemistry, whatever has changed in the system itself, <clears throat> where I don't have as many nitrates, and, and so I run the Kato for a little bit, but I actually have to dose nitrates to kind of keep it where I want it. So uh, it's take away one and give the other and try to maintain that number that I want is basically where I'm at right now. So, um, I had a question for you, man, but it's completely blanked out. So I'm going to, uh, oh, no <laughs> we got time. <laughs> I told you before the show, I, I I'm wearing like multiple hats here. I'm trying to be the, uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm the moderator. I'm the producer. host, the producer, the <laughs> tech guy. And, and sometimes I get thoughts that just kind of like jump into my head and then they like just fly out of my head. But, uh, you know, I, I was going to bring up, did you, did you ever catch that video of that one acro that I posted and it spawned? No, but, uh, so, what, so, you got an acro that spawned, huh? Yeah. So as strange as it is, so like, uh, one of my, one of my good buddies, John Sorkness, he's, he's, uh, working with uh, Mott's lab at the university of Texas here, yep. helping them kind of their coral researchers, specifically Millipora. 
and, and oh, they're love wanting to. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Millie's are frustrating, and you know how it is. You love them and you hate them. It's just <laughs> relationships with Millie's, but they they're into the research on, it and they needed spawn. They needed they needed eggs. They needed gametes to to do studies on, and so he was part of the project to kind of help them build a facility here in Austin to propagate and spawn. Mm. So they were going to import some in and have them spawn. And and this is all based on uh, um, Jamie Craig in 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 um, the Horniman Museum okay. in uh, England. And so this is all based on his research, his paper that he put out, um, detailing everything he did, controlling light duration, controlling lunar cycles, controlling temperature, like average mean temperature in the tank. So he he did these seasonal changes and he can like to the day, almost to the hour, he said, he can make them spawn. That's awesome. And so that was the project that my buddy John was trying to do with uh, Mott's lab. And, and I say all of this because he's one of my best buddies and he lives right down the street. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's changing his system. I was like, maybe, maybe I should try that. Never got around there. Got two kids. I didn't have any time to mess with it. And and uh, and they're both young kids, I should say. But um, but out of nowhere, out of the blue, I'm out, you know, at night I turn back on my lights after the kids. We put them down to bed, and I do my, you know, farmer tie work where I'm like fragging corals, getting orders together, corresponding with people who are ordering frags, and I just turn on back off on or turn on back all the lights again. And I look over in one of the frag tanks. Uh, let's see how I numbered them. One, two, three. Frag tank number four. <laughs> so I'm over there in frag tank number four. And I'm like, oh, there's something going on with that acro. It looks like it's bubbling. It looks like it's effervescing. You know, wow. and I'm like, what's going on? Interesting. So, you know, like I walk over there and I'm like, and I see the little egg and sperm bundles are being released. And I'm like, oh, wow. my gosh. And I'm like flipping out. <laughs> and I luckily I had my camera in my hand because I was taking pictures for the website dunk that thing right in there and start taking pictures and recording so i have this like live action uh and 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 i and i say this because every time you see coral spawning it's either in the wild you know and you know video quality picture yeah. quality even lighting it, it, it so you you see a very i don't know it's almost like a bigfoot video you know yeah. very yeah, blurry yeah, yeah. but you can see yeah. something's happening right and, and then you got it in the lab which is they're based on propagation and trying to get them to spawn they're not trying to color these corals so like to me i'm like oh my gosh it's like the the perfect scenario of a colored up acro in aquaculture environment that's spawning and i was like snapping all the pictures are good so i got this beautiful yellow acro spitting out eggs and sperm wow. just, just and i got a video of it and 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 uh so uh, you know we'll, we'll connect and how to link it to everything so people can see it but uh I, it was just dumb luck i didn't do any of that stuff it's just one random one decided to spawn one night so that was pretty cool eric alley uh saw that video so it was super cool oh yeah yeah hey, eric <laughs> so what happens if like you successfully spawn sps in a tank i mean what uh what potentially can happen what? i mean um well, is any of that stuff with, gonna take well with that one colony no so it, it's it's basically it can't it can't you know, obviously do it with itself. They it can't like uh, fertilize itself. Right. But if there was another of the same species or even maybe in hybridization, there's always a chance too. But um, if we had multiple different millies, so that was the project that the Mott's lab was working on was getting multiple different millies from a specific region like Indo or, you know, Malaysia or wherever, uh, Solomon Islands. And, and, and you know, oftentimes they'll get these things gravid. Like they'll be ready close with eggs already. Well. Wow bring it in 
And then that way they don't have to be the ones that get it to that point. They just import it in right before the spawning season and let it spawn. And so, yeah, there's this hybridization. So um, I would love to get on the inside track of that. I would love to give it a try. So my, my buddy John's going to come over here and, and help me set up my moonlights, which are just golf balls <laughs> with lights inside of them, <laughs> and do all that and set up my season table in Apex. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... Uh, and, and give it a whirl and see. Um, all I do is really collect the eggs and geek out for a little bit as a scientist. Yeah, that's and cool, man. About it. Yeah. And then fed yeah. my fish after that. I'm like, these are basically unviable and unusable and fed them my fish. So, so, uh, speaking of fish, you know, um, how yeah. important do you think fish poop is in terms of a, uh, a coral food? Do you, um, and you know, that, and that is going to lean into another question in terms of that I have yeah. in terms of do you dose any yeah. like aminos or any other coral food? Or um, do you like just lean on the old school of uh, feed the fish heavily and let the fish poop, um, you know, kind of help feed the corals? I'm a, I'm in team camp fish poop right there. So um, I did, I did, did try the aminos, you know, like when everything was kind of coming out, I guess five, six years ago and, you know, um, um, Acro Power and all these different um, Red Sea, yep. AB or whatever it was. And I tried them. I gave them a try. And, and at the end of the day, I'm like, well, you know, basically it's amino acids and break down into nitrates and basically you're feeding nitrates. So in, in essence, I can see as a system where if you're if you're nitrate limited or nutrient limited, that it would be it would be great. It'd be wonderful. Um, with my systems, when I keep them around 15 to 20, I, I didn't see as much benefit. Right. Um, and, and, and so I stopped, you know, I gave it a try just as any other reefer would, you know, um, see if it improves anything. And, and to me, at least it didn't improve it enough that I felt the need to continue to do it. So I, I'm, I'm fish poop reliant. I mean, you see the amount of fish in that video. Uh, they poop all day long and I did get distributed <laughs> in my frag tanks and, and the corals are happy. And that's what I stick with. And the main thing is just export the hell out of it. So it doesn't become a nutrient issue. You know, that's the big part of it. But um, yeah, I'm all fish poop. No aminos, no nothing like that. Um, I will say, I've always just been calcium reactors. I haven't really dosed anything or ever dosed anything. But lately, uh, in the last month or so, I've realized. So I have a, a, a I can't even pronounce the names of that. That's the stack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a high end. Yeah. So, yeah. So I have one of those. And what I found was interesting was that their media is basically calcium carbonate. That's it. It's not, it's not like. Um, oh, they have their own media? Like, yeah, so they have their own meter, which is very similar, I hear, to Triton, oh, okay. um, where it's just purely calcium carbonate. There's nothing else in it. And so you don't get any magnesium. You don't get any, like hmm. what we discussed before, uh, with like two little fishes reborn. That's actually like dead acropora, basically, yeah. skeletons. So you're melting whatever was used to make the acro right. in the first place. So you get all these additional yeah. trace elements or whatever it is. And I started realizing, I'm like, man, I've been running this media I'm probably not getting a lot of the trace that I used to. And so I've looked into, I think, uh, and this is not like a product shout out or anything, but uh, I've tried Tropic Marina. I'm not sure you can see that with the. Yeah, but it's kind of blipping it's out. The a, a elements and, yep. and the K elements, basically, potassium and, and the, uh, what is it, anion, ionic uh, formulas. And basically, it just adds a bunch of these like little trace back in there. I feel like that might be something I was missing with just using the Triton media or the Adasco media. Um, and so I've been trying to do that on this system. The other system, the backup system, actually uses 
uh, Reborn Media. So I, I haven't touched it and I just left it be. So but. yeah, I use Reborn on on um, on one of my calcium reactors, but um, I also have yeah. this uh, the Carib C, the the large arm yeah. media, which, yeah, large, which I yeah. used to use many years ago, but apparently they changed the uh, the formula, and so now you need a much um, lower pH set point to melt it. Oh really? Yeah. So I'm not terribly happy with it. So I'm just kind of like trying to like get by with it on the new tank yeah. and, and then uh, transition yeah. away from it. Um, well, I heard the Reborn is coming back or is already Yeah, back. yeah. You know, they went away, yeah. couldn't find it's them, and stuff. then they came back with this weird media that everyone was right. like, Everybody wasn't happy stuff? with it and, and all that stuff. Yeah, and then they I, I supposedly went back to the original. So, um, so that's what I'm going to bank on, hopefully, from this point yes. on. Yes. So, uh, folks, thank you so much for hitting the uh, like button. We've got over 70, uh, close to 75 people watching right now. We've got 42 likes. If you're digging what you're watching, hit that like button, and more people will, will find us, you know? And, uh, and again, if you have any uh, questions for Ty, put them in the chat, and we'll, uh, we'll throw them his way. So, so so far they've been really softball questions. I don't think anybody. Well, you know, I have with anything hard here. So. I'm, I'm doing my best here, Ty, to keep track of the uh, the <laughs> chat. But uh, you're getting a lot of shout outs and and accolades and and um, and what have you. But um, what else did we? All right, so the uh, the frag tanks. I've, I've noticed yeah, that yeah. you don't have any A crate in the uh, in the frag tanks. You've got I don't, you've yeah. got um, and I've done this before. I've had tiles on the bottom of my frag tanks. But I had yeah. an issue with detritus, you know, getting yeah. underneath those tiles. But I also had a lot of um, cleanup crew. I had a lot of snails and, you yeah. know, a couple of fish. So there's a lot of poop that's getting put back into those frag tanks that, that's, right. you know, right. um, contributing to that detritus. What's, what's, your, uh, what's your, uh, your trick there in terms of not using egg crate? Do you, um, have you used egg crate in the past or you just find the tiles you know, are easier for you? I have used egg crate in the past, and it was just on one of the tanks, and it was just for me. I just didn't like that it it seemed to trap every the detritus into those little squares. And, and you know, I mean, anywhere in your system, you can dig up a spot and probably find some detritus. So uh, it may be just a more mental thing for me, but I just like the ease of being able to just lift the tile. So uh, every one of these, you know, I try to keep everything in the same model, the same lighting, the same pumps just to keep things standard so I can move corals and it wouldn't have an issue. And so every one of them is run with a gyre on one side of the tank. And so with that kind of gyre setup, actually all the detritus kind of piles in this one little line. Oh, okay. So between two tiles of three inch tiles, it usually just piles between those two. So, you know, I, I'd say like every two months, remove that row, suck it right out. Lay them back in. So I'm not immune to the detritus. I don't keep a lot of fish in there because a lot of the nutrients are coming from the display system anyways. Yeah. Um, so I don't feel like I need a lot of fish or cleanup crew in those, at least those particular systems. But yeah, that's pretty much my process, Keith, is just every two months, suck it out, and they all kind of line up in the same spot. So. Yeah, I'm using, uh, you know, so I've got three frag tanks. One's not, yeah. one's got nothing in it right now, but the two frag tanks that are plumbed into my established system, I've got eight crate in there. Yeah. And, and every week when I do water changes, I pull out, one of the um, the racks, and I'll siphon underneath. You know, the basically yeah. I'll siphon the whole bottom, and and usually there's like a big pile of detritus in one spot of that tank, and right, one, and right. in the other tank the same thing. So it's easy to get to, uh, but you know I find that just keeping on top of the detritus for me helps in terms of that nutrient control because you don't want a detritus yeah. trap, and then that's just kind of kind of yeah. like lead to uh, algae issues. So 
Agreed, agreed, when, yeah. when, whenever you do encounter an algae issue, what um, are you kind of like the guy that um, you know wants to snuff it out with chemicals, or are you more of into the, uh, the natural approach in terms of you know do a bigger water change, yeah. do uh, siphoning, skim more? What's your philosophy there? Um, you know, it's a uh, it, it really. I mean, like any of us, it depends on our mood. Sometimes you're like, ah, here's another battle with whatever, you know. And, and so me, like you know, any major change when you have a mature system. Like for me, I, I swap my sump out. I mean, I don't think people realize you that. You swap that, that's your like sump out. Heart. Yeah, it's the heart of your system. I basically gave my system a mature system, a heart transplant. So <laughs> it's the best way I look at it. And, and, and so, you know, to me, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to I'm gonna pay for this in some way. And I did. I Right after I did it, cyanol, like nobody's business, just the entire display. Uh, it's really interesting. The frag tanks didn't really get hit by it much. All right. Um, and, and and I'm sure you notice the same, but even though they're interconnected water-wise, each tank is its own. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, weird. it's crazy. Like, I'll have something going on in, like, one of the frag tanks, but nothing yeah. going on in the... On the Completely isolated. In the display yeah. tank that's connected to it, not any sign of that issue. Right. And the other oh, frag right. tank, too. The same uh, yeah. same thing. Still quiet. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, like, I'll have dinos in one. Well, like one to just explode in dinos, but you won't find it anywhere else. It's so weird. And uh, so, so uh, um, I'm sorry. What were, what were I, we I, actually, I wanted to give a shout out to Still Quiet for that okay. super chat. And the comment is cool. All right. Appreciate <laughs> uh, James And James Sparkman, that sump was nasty, was the comment by oh, James. Yeah. <laughs> he saw the pictures, yes. Um, oh, so. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just remember what we were talking about. So the algae. So yes. So in that instance, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try the natural approach. I'm going to let it be. I increased my Cato period, skimmed a little wetter, um, did my best to siphon when I could. Um, and, 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 you know, it was kind of winning the battle, but it wasn't. And after three or four months, I'm like, ah, okay, this one needs a little tip. And so chemically, boom, blow it up, watch my skimmer go nuts for two weeks after whatever. Done. And I think to me... If I would have did it immediately, and this is the issue I've come across, where my system has not balanced itself out yet, that what will happen is something else will take its place. So if yeah, I, like, I know. in the first That's month the that it comes, right, I, I, if I do that first month, chemically, boom, yeah, I'm free, dinos will roll in there. That's why, that's why I don't like and, to use that stuff. Yeah, and exactly, but I, I've, I've, and this has been reproduced twice for me, where I waited it up. I gave it four months, the system equalized. And so the only difference was that the cyano was a residual issue at that point. It wasn't the, the, the continued issue. It wasn't the continued problem. It was just what was left. And at that point is when I bombed it, and the system, the system didn't react from there. It just, oh, done, gone. Yeah. That's it. And so twice this has worked out for me, where when I did it too early, dinos. And, you know, you and I know dinos are a hell of a fight. Yeah. I, I'd rather reintroduce cyanide. cyanide. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's, that's, that's a walk in the park. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, please give me give me cyanide back, please. So. Um, speaking of dinos, one of the questions here from yeah. Reggie Perryman: Do you run UV on your system? I do actually. Um, I, I not in the backup, but I'm in the process of ordering one for the backup system. But uh, for the main display, and I've been this way for I think the last eight years. I've run a UV. Um, Last one was, I think, 55 watt on 215 gallons. This now, two, total gallons is probably like 350-ish. Yep. I run 110 watt. Oh, wow. All day, 24-7. And mainly, part of that, I say part of that, a majority of that is for the fish. 
because I keep a denser population, diseases can kind of spiral through very quickly. Yeah. Um, so I keep it on for the fish, but obviously there's other effects and bonuses to me at least. Uh, so I always run a UV. So. Yeah, me too. I, I just started running UV 24-7 both both systems. I like the fact that it's yeah. also kind of um, a good preventative measure for dinos. You never right. you never know. And uh, I like the fact that it can help with fish disease and, and some um, you right. know, some algae control. Yeah. So I think it's uh, I think there's a lot of pluses. And I, you know, right. I. I um I did a um an have you ever heard of uh, aquabiomics? It's a um, oh yeah yeah I did that you did that I me did that. me too yeah I actually had yeah. um Eli on the show and we were talking about oh, it yeah. and I finally got back my test results and yeah. you know my um I think in terms of the diversity of the bacteria it was not it was a lo- it was a lot lower than than other tanks yeah. they've tested because I'm using a UV right you know because I think but everything in the tank is is doing great. So obviously yeah. it's um, it's not impacting it on a negative front, but uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. And I, I also feel like on top of that, and maybe it's something that he discussed as well, but like with a mature system, you're going to get more of a flat line of diversity. Yeah. There's not as much battles anymore because it's been a five-year battle. Right. Something has probably won by then. So like to me, I'm like, and he, I think he explained it in his 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 report as well, but he's like, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing that you have low variety. It right. just means that's, that's you know, and, and to me, like, objectively looking at it, to me, I'm like, well, that yeah, that makes complete sense. Because if people, you know, two nations are battling it out all, you know, eventually one nation's going to win, and right. that's going to be what takes over. So, right. makes sense. Yep, yep. Um, another question from Nick. Do you use ozone? I, I don't. My buddy, actually, John, that I mentioned down the street, he'll, 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 he'll Slam his system with ozone every once in a while. Yeah, um, I've never done that. Uh, mainly for bacterial stuff. I've never messed with it. I'm a little afraid of it, to be honest. You know, I, I don't want any to leak out into the system and be in my in my house or anything like that. So, insane reefer. Thank you very much uh, for that super chat. Awesome conversation. Thanks, gentlemen, for your time and knowledge. We really, really, really appreciate that. We're uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, dude. So quarantining. You've got um, mm-hmm. you've got a backup system, right? Yep. Frag tanks. Yep. What's uh, what's your process in terms of quarantining? You know, obviously you've got a lot of acros in the system, and uh, yeah. you know there's uh, a lot of pests out there. But acro eating flatworms is probably the uh, the scariest of them all out there. Yeah. What's uh, what's your process in terms of keeping those out? You know, it, it's been interesting um, because I feel like the pest world has changed a lot for acros. Um, you know, back in our day when we used to do it, acro eating flatworms was a tank killer. Yeah. You got it. You're out. I mean, yeah. you might as well shut the system down. And, and now there's so many ways to fight it, uh, methodologies, uh, bear, you know, anything, just simple weekly bear dips and pulling them out works. Um, so like to me lately, and, 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 and this is from bringing stuff in, this is from getting it from other hobbyists and, and so on and so forth. But the big thing to me is bugs now, like black bugs, gray bugs, white yeah. bugs. And, and I say this. And a lot of people may not know what I'm talking about, but they look like little tiny copepods on the bottom of your acros. And that, to me, is the scourge right now. That, to me, is I see that way more than I see anything else. So going back to my process, uh, I use potassium chloride. It's my go-to. Um, and I, I use, uh, I don't even order, you know, I just go to Home Depot and I get this giant bag of water softener. Uh, and there's two types, and the more expensive one is the potassium chloride. And I get those pellets and I crush them up and I mix it. And basically, I think there was a formula I used to use. I even posted it on Reef to Reef somewhere. But um, uh, Farmer Tide Triple Dip, if you want to search it. But 
on there. It has my ratio that I use. And I mean, it literally kills everything. I mean, it's a little more harsh on the acro than bear. It's harsher than bear. Yeah, but uh, and this is just a personal decision. But since you know, I got two young kids in the house, I don't, I don't want to play with pesticides in the house. Anymore. Yeah, that's smart. Uh, and so you know, I, I, I kind of moved over to potassium chloride. The beauty of it, it's a clear solution, so you can see things dying. Huh. You know, Bayer is kind of like milky, cloudy, and you you hope that it's doing its thing, but you can't really see. Um, I do that potassium chloride, and I can see things jumping off and dying, and you know. So that's uh, your dip. So that's my go-to. Uh, it is a little rougher. Um, what's your uh, uh, what, what percentage uh, do you lose in terms of acros that you dip in that uh, solution? It, it's hard to say if the dip is doing it or just the condition I receive them sometimes. But I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'd lose any more than like five to ten percent on on average. I don't I don't lose too much as they come in unless they were stressed in the first place. Um, and you think that you think that's an effective dip versus you know against those uh, bugs? Well, I think it's effective to a certain point because to me, they're still surviving that dip. Oh, they are. And I tried Bayer on them. And to me, I felt like they survived Bayer too. So huh. just throwing this out there is my little thing. Because I have a quarantine system, every, I would say three months, maybe even six months, um, I will blast that system with Interceptor. And that works. So Interceptor will knock them out. It will just, they're gone. And I do like a treatment. Um, I do one treatment. I wait about a week and a half. And I do another treatment. And I think um, standard dosing is a large dog pill for 400 gallons. And I will do six to eight times that amount. Mm. Because that's the only thing that's found, at least anecdotally, amongst other reapers, that kills the black bugs. Those are the ones that can kill your colony in like a day or so. Wow. Um, very aggressive. That's scary. And, and so I've been doing that concentration of six to eight times every three to six months. Costly, yes, but I mean, for the amount of money I bring in with frags, like, you know, if I purchase, you know, uh, a splice for 1,200 an inch, hitting it with Interceptor for whatever amount that I do six to eight times is plenty worth it at the end of the day, you know, not to bring that stuff in and affect my other acros. So, yeah, so that's as a whole, yeah, I'll keep it in there for a little while and I'll bomb them with the Interceptor. And after that Interceptor bomb is when I'll move anything I need to the display tank at that point. So do you have a, uh, uh, you got a vet that's pretty cool and like, hey, uh, dude, I, uh, <laughs> I need some pills here and can you, can you do me a solid? <laughs> They're not. I, it's not I easy to get. I can't I, speak I, I, too much of that I had stuff. to. I had to like you know explain to my vet what I was doing once, like right, like you know, and, and, it was, and some are cool with it. Yeah. He was cool with it, you know. But yeah. you know, if you need a constant I will say, supply, there are other countries that are a little more open to you ordering. Oh, you so have a uh, you got an international I, connection I there. I would throw that out there. Maybe something down under, uh, some place around there might help you out with it. But all right, um, I'm gonna get that. Send me a link. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so I'm, I'm heavy on the interceptor to cover bases for those pods which i think are the menace right now because i've gotten so many frags from like i'm not gonna throw names out but like known vendors or known garage vendors too and i've seen it on them and i'll let them know as a courtesy i'm like hey i'm not like upset or anything like just letting you know it's there if you want to take care of it in your system do, do but, you have a uh, um, so you you have a microscope i invested in a microscope and yeah you could see them 
the the funny and and I'll, I'll get a lot of laughs for this, but I get terrible motion sickness, like terrible. So if I if I look under a microscope for more than like thirty seconds, I will get motion sick, <clears throat> and, and it's awful. And I'll be wrecked the rest of the night. And that sounds awful coming from a scientist. I'm probably the worst <laughs> scientist in the world. I can't stare in a microscope for more than thirty seconds. But uh, visually, you can actually you can see these guys. Oh uh, really? Uh, there's a method. Yeah, I, I take it right to the bright bright light, and I hold it right under the brightest light, completely still water surface, and I just kind of lightly agitate that frag and you'll see them run really and that's when that's the only time you pick them up you won't you pick up the motion and you're like oh there's something there and so um <clears throat> at least for me that's why i've been able to see like um i've gotten like you know occasionally i'll find like a, a reefer that has large colonies and i'll buy large chunks from them and and set up my own colony and sell frags on my website as well and so I, you know i collect from other reefers sometimes and, and i bought a very large you know, a couple of chunks from somebody, flip it over, and I'm like, oh my God, it's like littered with them. Well, I'll tell you, I, yeah, um, uh, that's interesting because I have, um, I've got a very, I've got, so I got two separate systems and I've got frag yeah. tanks attached to those two systems. And my quarantine system is a 20 gallon quarantine tank, but uh, it sounds, it yeah. sounds like it's a good idea to, um, to hit that quarantine tank up a couple of months, every couple of months with some interceptor because I would, yeah. What what about I would, and uh, I would it sounds like highly recommended. Yeah, it sounds like the Australian uh, connection is the way to go, huh? For the interceptor. <laughs> and and, and cost wise, it wasn't really. It was about the same as buying it in the states, to be honest. So, yeah. Um, you just have to wait a little longer. Uh, I I will, uh, and again, a, a plug for for Doctor G's dip, but it has the same active ingredient as interceptor in it. Uh, the milba. I. I oxium or whatever i can't even pronounce it right now but um uh it has the same active ingredient which is great because if you're dealing with interceptor you're crushing pills and that's kind of hard for frags you know if i if you send me a a, a frag pack and i'm like oh awesome i got a reef bum frag pack and then i gotta dip them in interceptor well and then i gotta crush up a pill yeah. and dissolve it yeah. pour it in let it sit for 68 hours because that it needs to be within it. it it can't just be like a quick dip it has to sit and reside in it and so that's where the Dr. G's is great for like dips. So for me, Dr. G's, pour it in, do it to their recommendations. And that to me is the same thing as an interceptor dip at the end of the day. So um, uh, Trevor King says, what's up, Ty? And, uh, hey, Trevor. and uh, an Orthodox Reef is in the house as well as Wade uh, Riles. Um, Acro reading flatworms. Let's say you you get yes. some uh, frags in, or you get some um, okay. colonies in. If you're if you're if yeah. you're doing that, um, and you see some eggs on it, and you see some worms on it, what's your process for um, acquiring flatworms? It depends on the frag. If it's a cheap frag, <laughs> yeah, I'm gone. I mean, I'm being honest. If it's anything like under 150, I just toss it. I'm not even messing with that. Um, but I will say, you know, my process. If I would find it, one potassium chloride would be able to let me see. Like they literally jump off. I mean, they're like burning from the outside in. And, and so I can see them jump off. And at that point, I can decide what I need to do with it. Uh, easy thing for me, obviously, and you know, plugs. Get rid of plugs. No plugs, no plugs, no plugs. Only acro flesh. I can't speak for LPS people or Zoas. I'm mainly an acro guy. So, uh, but yeah, flesh, flesh, flesh only. Any part that even, you know, if there's like a little tissue and then the little tip is dead or whatever, I will super glue that tip or cut it off. So I only bring in flesh and anything else gets super glued or cut off. And then for the actual eggs themselves, super glue right over them. Yep. 
scrape them off, whatever you need to do. Right. Uh, again, I would only resort to that if it was like a thousand dollar jaw dropper frag or something. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't go through that for something cheap. So you so. you've been doing this for a while, Ty, in terms of frags and whatnot. Um, have you ever had a yeah. situation where in a frag tank where you've discovered you had acroweeding flatworms, like a full tank thing, and you had to deal with like a whole full tank of ratification, eradication, or yeah. um, yeah. what was so, your uh, so? It was 2012, and that was when I was about a year and a half into acro keeping in the first place. So like most people, you're like, ooh, I can keep them alive now. I'm awesome. <laughs> so you just start collecting the hell out of them. And, and, and then you realize, oh, you missed a big important step of dipping in there or getting rid of plugs. And this was like back in the day before people really, I would say, you know, it was like 10 years yeah. ago. People were really like so avid in right. dipping now. Um, so it was kind of more the wild, wild west. And we're like, oh, cool. Thanks for the Oregon tort. And you throw it in there. And later on, you're like, where are all these bite marks? So that system, which is a no water chain system, uh, looking down, you can see all these bite marks. And I'm like, oh, and I looked it up. And I'm like, oh, there you go. oh, geez. <laughs> what have I got myself into? And luckily, that was when Bayer was first being circulated and used. And people were like, oh, this is an awesome way to treat. And so I literally took a tub and plumbed it into my display, pulled every acro yeah. colony off the rock. I mean, this is like a, I wouldn't say a fully mature, but semi-mature yeah. system. So I'm pulling all these colonies off and I'm like calcing the base that was left. And my methodology was starve the display out and take anything acro flesh-wise yeah. and move it to this tub that was connected. Yeah. So I still had the same water stability of my system, but I removed it from the pest. And then from that point on, weekly dips in Bayer and put it back in the tub. And any eggs or anything like that, scrape over or super glue, cut off anything that wasn't live tissue, kind of the same process I do with fracks. And so I did that for eight weeks. Yeah. And on the back end side of it, where the water went back from the tub in the display system, I had uh, socks on there with like 50 micron socks so nothing can get back through. Yeah. And then I also had a UV on it. <laughs> so I was like, Nothing is coming back. Yeah. You're going to get zapped by UV or get caught with this sock. And that did it. Eight weeks of that, boom, done. Put all my acros back in and never had to deal with acro eating flatworms again within a system. Now, a frag would occasionally show up with some and again, bitch it. Nip toss. Uh, yeah. Or treat, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. No, it makes total <laughs> sense. Um, yeah. All right, dude. It's um, it's seven, It's almost 730 my time. How much more time do we have? Oh, yeah. uh, how much more time do you have with this? Uh, uh, I probably have uh, probably another fifteen minutes, and then I probably need to get rolling. All right, all right. Um, Kids got to go bed. <laughs> what else uh, have we? What about uh, what? Are, what are some of your favorite favorite acros that you have uh, that, that oh, in your man. systems? I mean, let, let's let's talk like specific in yeah. terms of some of your favorites and and most um, oh. you know. Oh, this is like asking someone to choose their favorite kids. Yeah. I mean, this is like this is a, I guess and the kids can't listen and talk back you can say all you want I guess but uh they won't hurt they won't hurt their feelings uh you know I get I'm like anybody else I get crushes you know like acro crushes <laughs> so at certain times you know something becomes more old news to me even though it's just as beautiful um geez they kind of put me on the spot I saw, I saw I was I was looking at your uh, IG there man and I saw the uh the Rocky yeah. Mountain Frags um Lucky Charms I just got a frag of that um a few weeks yeah. ago and it's Beautiful. just starting to encrust now but uh that looked pretty yeah. awesome taking off for you now huh? oh I I love that thing and that's a that's a rescue like I had a I, I probably a, a mini colony of it and then uh I can't even remember what issue it was came back from vacation it was down to like encrustment it was like literally like an inch of encrustment so that colony you saw was brought back from like a year ago of just encrustment which 
you know, you take your victories and you take your laps with them, you know, with those. And that was one of my victory laps. I'm like, I'm taking this one. That was awesome to bring it back. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, that one is is gorgeous to me. Oh, oh, my my most my most current crush is the Reef Raff USA Angry Birds oh. uh, that I got from TSA. Oh, it's just divine. Like the the pops look like flames coming out of a blue body. It was just it's insane. Um, I'll give tons of shout out on that piece and and i will throw it out there for people listening there is two versions i'm not going to get into what which version or whatever but <laughs> buy it from tsa that is the real one that i have at least and that's the one with the flame pops which is to me the better version um so that one I'm, i always had a crush on um um jaw dropper of course um i got a, a beautiful piece from tim herman uh which is great because i lost my colony and uh, I, I told you this offline when we were talking about uh, Thurman. He's kind of my, we bank a lot with each other. You know, you always, as an acro guy, you got to find a good bank. Yeah. You always got to put your good investments in a bank. And he's my bank, bank of, bank of Thurman. And, uh, and so I sent him a jaw dropper back the last time we traded. Uh, and then he grew this magnificent, beautiful colony that, that made me feel this big. Cause I'm like, well, I didn't do that in two years. And you did that in a year and a half. You build this beautiful colony. So after I lost mine, he sent me back a chunk gorgeous i fell back in love with this thing it is just amazing amazing um so those are two of my top lists a uh, hung's rainbow mm, and I, yep. I that's another one that yep. unfortunately um paid with it with the sump swap but um so i got another piece from tim falling back in love with that one again um we, we didn't I, even talk about as, lighting you're uh you i think you mentioned in the uh, in the video you're using uh, a combination of uh, radions and t5s yeah, so I'm using the Aquatic Life kind of fixtures. So I got the Radions, the G4 Pros, uh, running with T5 uh, Blue Plus bulbs, two of them, and then two Atenic Blue uh, uh, bulbs as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's, I uh, run like an eight-hour cycle with AB Plus, you know, I, I, nothing fancy uh, uh, with the Radions. And then I'll run eight hours with the T5s with it. And then done in dust cycles, blue on either side for about two hours. Nothing crazy, I would say. I think on average, people always ask me more so about the par. And I'm hitting most, only anything gets under 275 in my system. So yeah. like everything's 75, 300 plus. Average is probably like 375s, everything's get hit by. Tenuous, probably 500-ish, you know, somewhere in that yep. game. So, um, uh, all right, we got a couple more questions and then you got to run, man. Uh, Hazley... Hazelip Crystal. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Hey, Crystal. She's a logo. All right. Uh, hey, Ty. Ty. Always good to see you doing great things, but let's make the new kids feel good. What is your most embarrassing newbie mistake? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Um, there's so many. Uh, there's so many years that span reefing. I've gotten so many embarrassing stories. I think the best one is uh, my wife was witness to this one, so I would say it's extra embarrassing, but <clears throat> I was actually redoing some plumbing. I had to clear out some debris that got into one of my lines from my UV line. And, and it's, uh, um, uh, I'm losing my terminology, but you know, when, when you have the drilled at the bottom, yeah. um, recirculating. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it, it was dicey to do anyways, because once I open it, you know, water would come. So I, I plugged up the top, undid it, and I was going to slam it, let all the debris come out and, and, dip it right back on there and I was in my head I was like that's how it's gonna work out and so I go in there and I'm like start going twisting a little bit of water's coming down I'm like oh good all that sediment starts coming out I'm like oh good all the sediment's coming out 
And I start trying to get it back on there and start twisting it. And then the water's starting to really rush because that little plug I got in there is not doing its job anymore. <laughs> and then somehow it gets knocked off of there. So like full flow is starting to come. And I'm uh -oh. like, oh, S-H-I-T. And I'm like, oh, let me get this on really fast. And I start twisting and twisting. So much debris came out that it got caught in the threading of that bulkhead uh. or the, uh, I'm sorry, the union. And then it wouldn't let me seal it. So I had to unseal it again to get all that debris out of there the whole time. You know, 215 gallons of water pressure coming out of the bottom is coming at me. And so at the same time, <laughs> the water is leaking enough. It's splashing out of the sump and it gets near a plug. So at the same time, I'm trying to twist this on. I'm getting shocked by water in a plug somewhere that I can't identify. No. So I'm like, oh, ow, oh, ow. And I'm like screaming. And my wife's like, what can I do? What can I do? And I'm like, nothing. Don't I don't touch me. This. And I'm like, just, I'm just trying to do this whole thing. I'm getting shocked this whole time. And I finally kick the plug out of there and twist it on enough. And I'm like drenched. I probably got shocked at least three or four times oh, by this plug. And, and and the worst part is my wife was witness to all of that. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I consider my fish room like Vegas, whatever happens in here, you know, stays in here. But she got to see that part of it. So I'm like, oh, man, I had to live that shit. Too, for a too while, bad we but... didn't get a video of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad there's no proof of that. One, um, so, Crystal, that is my most embarrassing story. A couple, couple more quick questions. Uh, Michael uh, Howard, question for Ty on fish. How do you think a blue face angel would go in your display given your success with other angels with your existing corals? I, I You know, it's funny you mentioned that because that was one of those that I thought about. Um, I thought about adding to my system, honestly. Uh, I had a scribbled before mm. and I kind of put the blue face in with kind of in between scribbled and emperor. Emperor being the worst scenario to put an, an angel into your acro tank because that guy was chomping jaw dropper frags. Uh, he was eating like a thousand dollars every week and I was like, yeah, got that's, not gonna work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to work for me. But uh, I would put the blue face just kind of below him um, because uh, my, my, um, uh, what I've no, what I've realized is with those particular type of angels, I, I guess pomacanthus, or I can't remember what exactly they are, but uh, they have these very beak-like structures on their mouths, and I mean they're gonna do what they're gonna do with those beak-like structures, and they can cause damage. So bluefin in there where the wrist zone, I may give it a try one day. I've just the risk is there, and yeah. and and. And the other thing is, once you have an established fish population, adding another one gets kind of dicey because there's other angels may not accept it. Or he, you know, as much as I want to quarantine and everything, something might slip through and yeah. I've got four or five, six-year-old fish that I don't want to endanger. So I'm kind of at that point where I'm like, I almost don't want to mess with my fish stock right now. You know, it's a yeah. delicate balance. So. Yeah. And then you got um, yeah. I love them. They're yeah. beautiful. Beautiful yeah, fish. for sure. Yeah. All right, dude, I'm going to let you go. Any, uh, any final thoughts before we uh, sign off? Uh, well, I just want to thank everyone that you know uh, joined in on the on the chat. Thank you for and Keith for hosting. I appreciate you inviting me here and and this is a wonderful conversation. Um, it's always fun. Uh, like I said, I joked with you earlier when we were offline. I was like, I've never really let people see my face <laughs> or, or even really showed my personality on some videos and and. Uh, so I've always just kept it behind the scenes, behind the cloak, and just narrated. Well, now, you're, now you're out there, man. I'm out there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hopefully well, it doesn't come back to bite me. Everybody but, should uh, go check out FarmerTyFrags.com. Uh, yeah. um, I do want to give a shout-out to a couple of uh, buddies that have helped me get up to this point. One, I've already mentioned, uh, my buddy John down the street, been my, been my reefing buddy for life, and uh, we've always supported each other and got each other's backs. Uh, Jake at River City Aquatics, local fish store here. Mm. 
supplies me with everything salt everything rocks whatever i need the beautiful fish population that i have minus that bandit fish was all him um of course my buddy bubba bubba <laughs> q he's the he's my sanity check every once in a while i was like should i do this should i add a denitrator should i do this and we always bounce back and forth <laughs> um and so just want to throw that out there and of course tim herman my bank so i appreciate it guy and colin for reaching out to you and getting this all put together, I appreciate him advocating for me, and and uh, he's always been a good buddy. So, you got to take care of those reefing buddies. You know, you gotta you gotta give credit where credit is due because this is a hobby where uh, you know you need you need, you need friends. You know, right. and, and you, right. you need that support system. So uh, I hear you, dude. Um, James Sparkman calls you the wizard of acros. Oh, thank you, James. <laughs> I appreciate it, sir. You'll, you'll be invited back here soon once all this dies yeah. down with the pandemic. But yes. All right. Uh, all right, dude. Well, listen, Todd, thank you so much for uh, for being a guest and love to have you come back because uh, I probably have another, you know, 50 questions for you there, but uh, I'm sure other folks do uh, do as well. But uh, yeah, I would I would say reach out to Ty at uh, FarmerTyFrags.com or put a comment in the um you know in, in, in the comment for this video and and, and perhaps uh ty will see it there so anyway that's going to wrap it for this show and again thanks to ty for for being a guest i also want to thank bulk reef supply and ecotech marine for sponsoring and supporting the show and also want to thank you folks out there for tuning in and watching please spread the word and also want to remind you that we do have wrapping with reef bump episodes available as podcasts now my next live stream is going to be on Thursday, next Thursday, November 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Dr. Tim Hovenis. So for those of you that remember, I had him on, uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago, and he was in L.A., and all of a sudden the power just cut out in, in, oh, in his oh, office. So, that's no surprise in L.A. <laughs> yeah, so we had to, like, uh, reschedule Tim, and he's going to be back next week, so it should be a, uh, another great show. Come prepared with a lot of questions. Until then, be safe and be well, and we will see you next time. Thank you, Keith. This is so much fun.